then the funny part of the story is he told me this like Italian proverb that's like basically says you can belong everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And I got it tattooed on my ribs <laughs> in like size 72 times New Roman font. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Our sound guy is off today. Yeah, she called me this morning and she was like, yeah, I'm not feeling the vibes. I'm staying home. That's Panini, if you don't remember. (laughs) The real person that's having the off day is her mom. Just sometimes we don't need her rambunctious energy. Yeah, she's just, last time she ate my entire cookie. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to episode... Seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. Are we going to count forever? Yeah, I guess. Imagine here, just try this out. Welcome to episode 329. Oh my God. How many years is that? (laughs) I don't know. Divide by 52. I don't want to. I don't want (laughs) to. Six years. Six and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this is bad. See you there. (laughs) Okay. This, this episode's actually important to me. It was like, I don't know what that was. It picks up every noise and that was a throat noise and that's what I did and you accused me of burping and it's when you're eating and drinking sometimes your throat goes fucking buck wild like that. (laughs) Okay, this episode's really important to me. It's one of the topics that I like want to discuss more like as often as possible basically on this podcast. Yeah, and also it was interesting after releasing our first couple of episodes we got some feedback from our friends is that kind of meta? We got some feedback from our friends that they wanted us to talk more about friendship. Yes. And that there's potentially like a little bit of a gap in the podcast sphere <laughs> for those types of conversations. Totally. Which I agree with based on what I've listened to. And we work for the people. So we're going to deliver. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm never eating a cookie again. It's just like in a microphone and in headphones is so dramatizing. I don't even know that I make that sound. You want to know the only other time that I know that humans make that sound is when you're cuddling with someone new and every little bodily noise, like your stomach and throat and whatever is like so awkward. And I've, rec- I've heard myself do it and I've heard men do that. <laughs> okay. Let's start with your theory. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a theory. And also technically I, w- I guess it's a hypothesis. Cause I haven't really done, I haven't conducted oh any experiments. <laughs> There's nothing to it. It's just that I think that women without sisters potentially have the capacity for deeper friendships. Not to say that friendships are in any way a zero sum game. Just because you have a really close relationship with your sister doesn't mean that you then like run out of space to then have friendships. But I do think that it kind of does work like that with some people that have sisters. And I'm the first person to say that I'm so envious of people that have sisters that are their best friends. I feel like that's the coolest bond to just have a built-in best friend from when you were like a little kid. Also from my anecdotal sample size, none of my closest friends have sisters. And it's like very odd when you look at it. It's the same for me. And the, the only people who I'm close with who do have sisters, they don't have a particularly close relationship with their sister. Yeah. Either because of like a big age gap or they just didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. 
and like it doesn't even go across with brothers like it's specifically same sex siblings like i'm very very close with my brothers but it's a different type of relationship just knowing that they're boys i feel like i i can't actually speak to it because i don't have a sister i don't actually know what it would be like but i do think it would be different if we were both girls it's why one of the things i want to do before i die is live in a co-op with all of my friends not not necessarily like the same house but like everyone living on the same street or within the same like apartment building and i think it's because well i'm also just an only child but I never got the sister experience. I'm so envious of the Kardashians. I know. We literally shout them out in every episode because, you know, they're looking for exposure. (laughs) No, but like, can you imagine living and just having like, how many are there? Six of them? Seven. I guess Rob. Rob doesn't count. Like six best friends that are there like basically forever. We have potentially in the queue a sibling episode because Allie and I have a ton of conversations about her being an only child and me having two brothers and the differences that we see show up all the time. That's what I'm trying to explain to Allie sometimes when we're having those conversations about siblings and we'll get into that. But it's just like this unshakable thing and everyone that has a sibling can relate to this where it's like you can truly be in a full on screaming match saying the most like insane mean stuff to each other and then two seconds later be like, you want to go get food? It, it's it's like no other relationship. I don't yeah. know wh- how it works, but apparently everyone has this experience with siblings. Also, particularly with siblings, what you're talking about is it's such a safe space to communicate well and to be in a relationship that fosters the psychological like phenomenon of rupture and repair. Being able to have a discussion or an issue or a fight with someone and really go there I'm obsessed with that in all my forms of relationships with family, with romantic and with friendships. It's true. Like to me, that is the marker of a strong relationship. It's like when you hear about couples that are like, Oh, that we never fight to me. That's not a green flag. It's like, of course two people are going to fight. And also like, you want to feel like it's safe where you can communicate your authentic opinions and challenge each other. Of course, fights are going to happen. That's natural. But it's like, how do you fight? And then how do you repair and move on from that? repair is the really big thing here it's like you can do pretty awful things like you're having a bad day like people do it all the time what's actually most important in a relationship and to like continue a good friendship sibling relationship any type of relationship is how you repair that fight and how you talk about it afterwards and don't just let it like slide under the rug and never talk about it in the context of friendships rupture and repair i think is a very interesting concept because in terms of the rupture aspect ruptures can happen either circumstantially like they can just kind of happen because of life or you can actually intentionally cause a rupture and i think that those are two very unique instances so like for example a a very I don't know, like normal rupture that just happens because of life is because like, say you loosely made plans with a friend and then nobody ends up confirming the plans. And then everyone kind of walks away from that being like a little bit hurt being like, well, why didn't they reach out? And like, why didn't we end up having those plans? Like what happened? So then are you going to address it with your friend and be like, that's so weird. Why didn't we end up hanging out? Like I thought we said we were going to, or you sweep it under the rug and nobody ever talks about it. That's one version of it. But then the other version is like an intentional or deliberate rupture so say this is like a classic but (laughs) it's like say you have a friend whose boyfriend 
you don't necessarily love. And you're trying to make the decision if you want to address that with them. And you know, going into that conversation, that you are going to be rupturing your friendship to some degree with them. You are potentially jeopardizing your relationship with that person to have that conversation. At least for me, the thing that goes into when I'm making the decision about whether I want to have that conversation with them, whether I want to rupture the friendship is, do I trust that we can repair it? How much do I value my friendship with them? And how much do I trust that they are going to be capable of working through that repair with me? Because as much as I think that I can do a lot of the repairing on my part and no matter how delicate I try to be with the conversation it takes two people it's also tricky in that sense because I I have a recent example where I had a friend where we always like talk about how we have a really open relationship and we can be really honest with each other and like if there was ever a fight or an issue like we'd be able to repair it easily because we'd just show up really honestly and make sure that it was like nipped in the bud and then we had a strange circumstantial rupture. That's like a very trivial example. But basically I was doing her a favor for a while and she took it too far. In my opinion, she kind of responded in a pretty defensive way and wasn't really getting the hint. Anyway, the next time we hung out was to like figure out how this favor was going to end. And we both were so awkward. Neither of us discuss the rupture or the issue and I started spiraling and I was like what do I do what do I do a week later after I'd like cooled down I texted her and I was like hey we have said from like the past 20 years that we are the type of friends that when we have an issue we bring it up to each other and we don't just like let it slide under the rug and she came back with the exact same thing and that's all I had to do was repair it in such a gentle way. The next time we hung out, it was totally fine. And we acknowledged it too. We were like, I can't believe that we didn't speak for like a week over that stupid thing. Yeah. But I think in the past, I would have maybe just like never brought it up again. And then it would be awkward forever. Nobody's expecting perfection. Like even though you guys had made those plans that that's how you would be. Sometimes what happens is people make mistakes and people fumble shit. That's fine. Nobody expects perfection. But the point is that you guys did recover from it. And it's like, you kind of have to break the fourth wall on it. And it's like, isn't it funny that like, we thought we'd be so good at this. And we actually kind of flopped when it, when it actually came time to do it. And it's like, kind of a bonding experience. And that's the whole thing of rupture and repair is like, you kind of like ruptured the rupture, <laughs> and yeah. then repaired all of it. Exactly. And like, the the reason why rupture and repair, I think works really well in friendships is because I think you show up really like as yourself in a friendship you're not ever kind of trying to impress hopefully in your friendships as much like as with like maybe a romantic partner or something so there are going to be times where you're not your best so there's so many opportunities to rupture and repair well another thing to just consider on this topic of rupture and repair is just like the life cycle and the evolution of friendships over time i guess i had a perhaps an idea when I was younger that friendships were linear that you you know you make your friend and then you get closer and closer over time as and you're just going to always be growing closer as you build more time and equity into those friendships but as I've learned through my life and as I've had friendships now for 10 plus years 20 plus years is that they're not at all linear is that there are so many ebbs and flows in friendships and 
it's not like there was ever like a falling out, but it's just, it's just life that like maybe someone moves away. Maybe someone, you know, gets boyfriend sickness for a while. Like who knows? Like there's all these different things, right. That are going to cause friendships to ebb and flow. But rather than be concerned when you feel some distance happening in a friendship, instead you just acknowledge you're like, okay, we're in a little bit of an ebb and I have pretty good reason to believe that we're probably going to flow again later. It's actually really lovely to just I don't know, just get to take some breaks. And then that provides an opportunity for other things to come in in your life. And I actually have learned to really enjoy that part of friendship. It's so beautiful. And I'm glad you have like taught me a bit about that because I used to be the type of person who I'd be so self-righteous. Like they're not a good friend to me anymore. Like they're not hanging out with me as much or they're not talking to me as much. And I would just, I would feel so personally attacked by it and view it as like an issue between us instead of like life happens to people and like it'll it'll come back you know these two things that it reminds me of is like little kids does everyone remember being like holding hostage being like you're not coming to my birthday party (laughs) do people do that in private school or was that just public school bullshit (laughs) like kind of I mean, I went to public school until grade seven. So I do know. Oh, you're so humble. No, I'm just saying. So like, I do understand the birthday party thing. Well, also because my high school is all girls. So that puts another layer of weirdness. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's a bad example. Here's a better one is this is part of my reason why I have an issue with wedding parties and bridesmaids and maid of honors is because I'm like, it feels like the childhood version of like, you're my best friend and like having to rank your friends or like MySpace top five. Oh my god yes <laughs> it feels like having to rank your friends being like my maid of honor is my best friend and then these are my next like six or seven closest friends or whatever and it's like yeah that's all good and fine but realistically that's a snapshot in time friendships ebb and flow and like weddings take at least a year to plan and i've seen many times the ebbs and flows of a friendship happen within that year and then when it actually comes time to stand at that person's wedding they're not even a close friend anymore. I completely agree. And I've actually had really good friends come to me and say, I wish you had been in my wedding party, but you lived in the US and we were in a space of not talking as much. And yeah, but when I, it really comes down to it, you are someone who is closest to me. And that's why it's just like, it's all optics. We know that about weddings. <laughs> sure. I think even I think it's even goes the other way where people reach for people who they're not friends with to be like I've known her since she was two and she was my best friend in elementary school people want to satisfy a bucket from each thing they're like oh this is my friend from tennis this is my friend from childhood this is my friend from university and they want like one friend to represent each and it's like you know what power to you it's however you want want. do your own fucking thing go hard I just again this always comes back to you I don't think people are like really thinking that much about it well i wasn't thinking that's what i'm trying to say like i have a big regret from this year not i mean no regrets but something i could have done (laughs) differently is a a friend had gotten into a new relationship this year and we had previously been hanging out so much as like single people and like having fun and then she just kind of like stopped hanging out with me what i did was i texted her because you know me always honest maybe in a bad way and i was like hey like why don't we hang out anymore? Like, it feels like you're just like completely throwing me to the side and like, you never want to hang out and you only want to call to talk about your new boyfriend. And part of me is like, now I would not do that. I would just like, let her have her like honeymoon stage and know that she would come back to me. It's fine now, but yeah, I hear you. I, it's like, here's your compliment sandwich. 
I'm <laughs> I or feedback sandwich. 100% points for being honest and speaking your mind. Um maybe something that you could improve on is not necessarily being so reactionary and just I don't know, taking some time to think it's about it. It's not the, a maybe. That's a for sure. Taking some time to also think about the tact, like probably not do that via text message. I know. But three, you learned a lesson. And the friendship's fine. And she's a psychologist, so she can't get mad at me about it. <laughs> she has to rise above, <laughs> she, yeah, she apply some to, frameworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think also this brings us into another topic that we wanted to discuss, which is making friends as an adult. And I think that there is a narrative around the fact that making friends as an adult is really, really hard, especially as women. I keep hearing that. I see TikToks about it. It's it's around. And Allie and I both think that it's actually not. <laughs> it's been a breeze for me. Well, just in case you weren't here for the first episode, like Allie and I are new friends. We became friends this summer and it's been lovely. And yeah. I don't know. And then I also can count many friends that I have made as an adult and I've never found it that hard and Ali's had the same experience and then I don't know we were both trying to see if we had any overlap about like why or like how we've gone about it and then maybe there's some I don't know like things that we can share if, if there is anyone that is finding it hard what do you think the the number one takeaway for adult friendships I have two I, I, I don't know if I can pick like a number one but vulnerability is that's how I've made all of my friendships is like you meet somebody and you are, you lead with vulnerability. Of course, like you're not going to be weird and trauma dump, but like, I'm not trying to put up any kind of facade about who I am or try to be cool or whatever. Like I immediately will just be like, I'm fresh out of a breakup. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm like, whatever, just like very casually throw something in to just be approachable and relatable and just like open the door for them to also meet me and do the same and then I think that that's like a really good way to cut through the small talk you just get to connect on such a human to human level and also that is a filtering mechanism for me to find people that I'm aligned with because we can immediately get into like some of the meat of who we are as people I think it's really important though that when you say vulnerability, you actually mean your vulnerability. Of your, about yourself. About yourself. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are just like, I'm just going to be vulnerable to make a friend. And they say something that's not actually that vulnerable to them, but they think it's like a vulnerable topic. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? I was gonna say, honestly, maybe vulnerable is a little bit misleading. Maybe I mean authentic. Yes. that Right. And so just like really being yourself and unabashedly, like not being afraid to just show up as you are. And I think that is what gives permission to other people to do that. And that sets a really lovely tone for the type of relationships that you're looking for. Yeah. Like I'm just going to give an example of like a distinction. Mm -hmm. So right now, if I'm meeting a new friend, something vulnerable that I would potentially share is like for the first time in my life, I'm feeling really good about being solo and not feeling pressure to find a partner. Mm -hmm. That is actually something that's pretty vulnerable for me to share. And it's true. What's not truly vulnerable for me, but is still a fact and could be vulnerable for other people is me being like, yeah, I just quit my job. I'm a lawyer. Like I was a lawyer and now I'm like, I just like randomly quit. And like, I don't even like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it, and I'm like stressed yeah. because that's actually not true. I mean, both things are true as facts, Yes, but it's but not one's true. One's not actually vulnerable yeah. or for, for me. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how you find a bond with someone. hundred percent. Yeah. I think most of, most of us are familiar with that expression of friends for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I've definitely experienced that a lot. And, but something that's been very funny for me is, okay, so the season one is one that particularly stands out for me, or I guess season or reason, I guess, can have some overlap. But for me in my adult life, the times when I've made new friends is when I'm single. Usually the thing that I'm bonding over is that I'm looking for friends to talk about dating with and I'm looking for people in a similar stage or season of life and that are also available (laughs) because they're not always with their partners. So instead of me sitting around being like, oh my God, all my friends are in relationships. They never want to hang out. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to make some new friends that are also in that same season. Something that's been really funny. I'll give her a shout out. I don't think she minds. Sid, Sid the kid (laughs) at Sid visual kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Her and I got together as friends when a lot of our, it was like the first wave of all of our friends kind of like really moving in with partners and whatever. And her and I just kind of had this like hot girl moment where every single weekend we went out together and like, she's brunette, I'm blonde, like to every stereotype, her and I were just like these two little girls just taken on the town. It was really funny though, because we were so obnoxious on Instagram, like always posting together and stuff. And I think a lot of people thought that we had a super surface friendship that we were literally just going out friends and that everyone assumed that as soon as one of us got in a relationship that it would fall right off and no one would ever hear anything ever again about the kid and the baby (laughs) we've both been in relationships since also covid happened we stopped going out and we got so much satisfaction once in a while still posting each other on our stories and people being like what they're still friends yeah you dummies like we love each other (laughs) like we actually are super good friends and yes the initial reason that brought us together was because we were both single and wanted to go out but we actually really really fuck with each other and are now lifetime friends love you Sid. (laughs) a reason why people this is what i don't like okay wait pause Uh, and sorry i don't know you have the demogorgon in your body what's wrong with me when people say, oh my God, it's so difficult to make friends as an adult, blah, 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 it's It's that scarcity mindset coming back to them. 100%. It's people don't want to be my friend as an adult. They've already found all their friends. There's no room for me or something like that. And it's just not true. In my experience too, people conflate two things. So it's like the people that are saying that it's hard to make friends as an adult are actually not good friends, period. They, were, oh. they, they don't actually have good friendships, really, I don't think. And, or at least female friendships. Like, they're not a girl's girl. They find it hard to be friends with women because of a whole suite of reasons, like competition, comparison, whatever. It could be any of those reasons. But, like, speaking from experience with you and I, we are looking to make new friends because of our season of life potentially but it's not like we're desperate for it it's because we already have lots of solid friendships we have friendships from when we were children we have friendships from university like we feel very fulfilled and satisfied already with our friendships but it's like if you are a value add as a friend then of course i'm open to making new friends and that's where you and i found each other is like I don't need a friend. I'm not like on a a quest for new friends. It was just like, oh, I met you. I thought you were really sick. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to bring you into my sphere. I like you. (laughs) I agree. When you are someone who is so... No. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Allie's glitching a little bit. And you know what? 
snaps rally. Sometimes it's because <laughs> we're recording in the morning. I know, and I'm not a morning recorder. You know, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be the one that's gonna bring this to a perverted place. Yeah. Have you ever been in a relationship where one partner likes to have sex in the morning and one person likes to have sex at night? What's the compromise with that? What do you do? <laughs> I like to record the pod in the morning and Ali likes to record the pod at night. <laughs> Please, um, on Spotify <laughs> or YouTube, like you can write comments and respond to polls. Let us know. I will never have sex after dinner. I hear you. Pre-dinner, right before dinner. See, I'd rather fuck at night. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what I really want to talk about, actually, that's important to me is setting boundaries with friends. It has changed my friendships like no other thing ever. I used to think that if I had an issue with a friend, I should just cut them Mm -hmm. from my life. And then I realized that you can set a boundary. And I don't mean like texting them being like, this annoys me. I mean, just like figuring out how to make that friendship work for you and them in a respectful way. Not that I'm a psychologist, psychiatrist at all, but like boundaries is like psychobabble that's like very in the zeitgeist right now. And you just made a very important distinction, which is very true about boundaries, at least from my understanding, is that boundaries are something you do for you. You don't enforce upon boundaries to other people. And that is the distinction here. So if you were texting your friend saying here, like, I can't have you do this, this and that. You need to act like this, this and this. That's not a boundary. That's, no, that's you controlling. Bo- controlling, bossing people around. But a boundary is what Ali is talking about. An agreement you're making with yourself to protect your peace. 100%. A, and a very classic, easy one to do is like, sometimes friends take up a lot of your time. They text you all day or they want to call you or voice note rant about their day every single day telling you how their work day was, something like that. You can like softly set a boundary with them by taking longer to respond, still respond, but like taking longer to respond, maybe not hanging out with them as often. I did that with a friend recently and it has, in my head, I would be like, I just want to cut this person out of my life. I just want to cut this person out of my life. And then I was like, what am I saying? I don't actually want that. I'm just getting a signal that it's too much for me right now. There's also a very subtle art to training the people in your life about what they can expect from you. And I know that we touched on this in a previous episode about expectations. For example, if you don't want to be on your phone all the time, you can make a point of when the next time you see them, you're like, hey, I am really sorry. Or, you know, I don't even like apologizing. Let me rephrase that. You can say, thank you so much for meeting with me today. I love when we catch up in person. It's so much more meaningful to me when we can like, you know, really have a deep chat face to face. Sometimes, sometimes I'm not that great at responding to my phone. Thank you for bearing with me. I completely agree. Thank you for understanding. And also to just make sure that you show up authentically. So I, I really, I'll use us as an example mm-hmm. from the get go of our friendship. Anytime Chelsea invited me out, I would leave when I wanted to leave, usually pretty early. So you have no misunderstanding of what I'm like when I'm out. I'm not just going to stay out till 2 a.m. because I think that's what Chelsea wants me to do because then I'm giving you the wrong idea mm-hmm. and you're expecting me to always stay out till 2 a.m. and be like Sid the Kid and I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So to just show up as yourself as, as soon as you can really also helps you with boundary setting. But to also close the loop on the other half of my experience of you going home early 
is a real lesson in maturity that I have developed with my friendships that I'm very grateful to have now as a 31 year old that I definitely did not have in university and in my twenties is that if Ali would have left early, I would have told her, no, don't go home. I would see her starting to get her things, trying to sneak out. And I'd be like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Or I'd text her and I'd be like, you weenie, why'd you leave? And like, yeah. Or the next time I'd see her, I'd give her a hard time about it. But instead I don't control people anymore. And I'm just like, I don't know. Ali wanted to go. And literally all the other people that we were out, I know the exact instance that you're talking about. All the other people we were out was like, where did Ali go? And I was like, I don't know. She left. (laughs) And truly just like setting her free, like a little butterfly. It's like she, Ali's going to do what she's going to do. Why do I don't need to control her that. And I always want to make sure that wouldn't you rather me have the best time and leave when I want than stay long and the whole time be like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. Like you're fostering a better friendship and a better environment anyway. You wouldn't have wanted me there at 2 a.m. Trust me. That's when things get criminal. (laughs) (laughs) It's honestly a, a way bigger lesson in just like, don't force stuff. (laughs) Like just let people do what they're going to do and just notice it's all good. Just be chill. Exactly. Like set boundaries that you want with friendships and respect boundaries that other friends are setting with you. Huge. Huge. I can't, I can't let this one friend, I can't like see this one friend less often. And then when some other friend does that to me, get all worked up about it. Like that's unfair. That's so hypocritical. It's, it is the idea too of like, we've been saying about giving other people permission to act in a good way. So it's like, if you notice that someone is setting a boundary and your initial knee jerk reaction to that is just kind of like, Ooh, that like stings a little bit, but it's like, you know what? I respect that they are taking care of themselves. And then that also gives me permission to now take care of myself. And then you can continue to pay it forward. And then you act in accordance with that. And then you are then giving permission to other people to keep doing that. And ideally we just want this to go out and out and out like a web and everyone can just live their best fucking life. (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) I think people can learn it now. I wish I'd known this obviously when I was two, but it requires maturity. It requires time to really, it's a skill. Like you've got to learn how to do this. It ain't easy. It ain't, but it's so important. I have a story. Okay. Okay. Um, so I was 19 years old and I was like having breakfast with my dad at the counter. I had like recently been kind of seeing how my dad showed up in the world. He had so many different types of friends all over the place. Like he had Like he's on the board of pride and he had all those friends. He had his like really conservative friends that he grew up with in the small town that he's from. He's friends with women. He's friends with men. He's friends with all sorts of people from all different backgrounds. And they were all so different. And then I was thinking about myself and I was like, wait, I'm kind of like that too. Like I have friends from like interests are so diverse. The, The groups are so different and they could never really mesh. And so I turn to my dad and I go, do you ever feel like you're kind of just like a chameleon and you can really be friends with anyone, but also no one at the same time? You don't feel like you belong to a certain friend group. You just feel like you can fit in everywhere. And he was like, yeah. Then the funny part of the story is he told me this like Italian proverb that's like basically says you can belong everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And... I got it tattooed on my ribs <laughs> in like size 72 times New Roman font. 
I think it's a pretty interesting perspective. I, I really feel it for me. Like I have, I have so many friend groups that I'm in, but I'm like the random person in it. Like I'm not the core, I'm not in the core group. I like can join things and I have really good individual friendships within the group. Why am I like that? Is, is there, is there something wrong with me that I don't really like fit in anywhere? I, I don't think there's something wrong with you. I think that that's a really nice quality, but like anything, it's a double-edged sword. You have the privilege to get to be friends with such a wide variety of people. And I think there's something so special about that. And you get to learn about so many unique perspectives in such an intimate way by being close friends with people like that. However, I think it's really important that you protect your own identity and that you are not chameleoning so hard that you're losing yourself in those friendships and that you're actually just like morphing into like who you need to be in order to be their friend and that you still are just showing up as yourself so again i don't think there's good or bad but it's like something definitely to be aware of so that you don't lose yourself i've been working on that this year like at the start of a new friendship especially i do kind of chameleon a bit too far but then i like then i correct back to the center after a while like an example with me and you is when we started getting really close i started wearing more makeup (laughs) and then i i don't know if you've noticed but in the last like few weeks i'm like yeah i'm I'm just not she's given up the classic thing once you're in the relationship all the fucking (laughs) i'm like i don't i don't care but I, that's a stupid example but do you know what i mean no, like I, I think that is yeah in psychology known as mirroring like i think that is a part of building relationships with people is that like you do copy some of what they do that is part of forming a bond with somebody and there is a natural aspect to that and i think that is essential at the beginning for forming a bond but then it is again i the same thing as in relationships is that like it's like when do you start like dripping in the more true version of yourself without just like fully ripping the rug out and just be like gotcha (laughs) i think it's really tough to be this way um because again i'm going back to evolutionary (laughs) psychology and all that stuff to fit in with the group is like human nature to want to fit in and i never feel like i fit in and that's okay but it is kind of going against what our brain really wants us to do like our brain wants us to be in a group And I have so many different groups. I'm like, which one do I belong to? I don't belong to any of them. You could definitely do the mental gymnastics, though, to be like, one, we live in a modern society. Like, you don't actually need a tribe around you in the same way that, like, evolution is telling you that you need one. You do, but in a different way. It's not actually for safety and security. Okay, but here's where it gets upsetting for me. Sure. I feel like people love to hang out with me one-on-one and don't like as much to bring me in the group because I don't fully... I'm not fully in Mm -hmm. the group. I think that you need to make a decision if it's more important that you honor the specific things that you prioritize in your individual friendships, which you're currently doing right now, or do you want to make it more of a priority to be a part of a friend group, which would then require you loosening the reins a little bit on some of your individual things yeah and it's just like it's a little bit of like having your cake and eating it too again i don't think one is the right or wrong thing to do it's more so just like you need to get deliberate about what it is that you're after do you have any experience with this 
Totally. I, I actually feel like I do both. I think that I have some friendships that are very much an individual connection and that would never make sense in a group. And I've tried to mesh our groups before doesn't work. And then I also have a friend group that I am a part of a group and I show up very differently in the group because I literally wouldn't be able to be a part of the group if I didn't do that. And I have been given crossroads several times over the duration of me being a part of this friend group about being like, if I want to act completely in alignment with myself, I will exile myself from this group. So I need to decide if I would like to see myself out or if I feel okay setting those things aside in order to remain a part of this group. And I've truly crossed that bridge several times and I've chosen to remain a part of that group so far every time because it's never been anything that's like really challenged anything like that deep to me. They're more so surface things. And also because I'm lucky enough that I have other friendships where I can be more authentic and where I can show up in the way that feels like I'm truly honoring myself. So I still feel like I'm getting that satisfaction through other friendships. So I'm able to set that aside and focus on the positives that I do get from the group dynamic. And I've chosen to, to stay a part of that. That's beautiful. I think it's also a really good, like it ties into what we we're saying earlier. Like if you know, kind of why you're in the friendship, then it makes it just that much easier to show up there. So, you know, in that big group, you're not there to like talk about really challenging, intimate, maybe issues well, all the time. I was going to say, yeah. like, I can, I can give an example. So it's not so cryptic. Yeah. Like for example, I'm self-employed by nature being self-employed. Like you kind of are isolated and on an Island in that way. Whereas in my friend group, nobody else is self-employed. Everybody has pretty traditional, like corporate style jobs. And initially I, I, felt super super isolated i was like we can't talk about work at all and they don't need to talk about work with me because they have structures within their corporate jobs where they have coworkers and they have mentors and peers and they they get all that from their job but me i'm by myself working and i want people to talk about work with i have problems i need help solving i just whatever want to commiserate about things or 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 to talk about positive things celebrate things together so then i had to realize that i needed to make new friends in a network where other people were self-employed because that was a requirement for myself that like was not being met by my friend group. So I'm not going to try and bang my head against the wall with my friend group being like, Hey guys, talk to me about like X, Y, Z problems I'm having. They can't relate. They don't give a shit. Like, of course they'll be there from like a loving, compassionate point. They're like, okay, I'll give you a listening ear, but they're not actually in it with me. So then I literally joined a business networking group and now I have literally a best friend that came out of that, that I've been friends with for a long time with now. Apparently we're naming names this episode, James. <laughs> and, and I am like eternally grateful for him. And also he taught me the lesson that like, it is so important to have people for reason seasons and lifetimes. And like I seeked out those relationships for a reason, but now they've become lifetime people to me. It's so, it's so great because I think to a lot of people, myself included, I used to think that like a friend should be everything. Like I should want to have really deep conversations with you and we should have a lot of fun together out mm -hmm. and we should like, we should be able to be best friend. Every friendship should be like best, best friend. And that's just like not how it goes. 
No, I think if anything, it's so lovely to have a variety of people in your life. And you, you know, based on the situation, you're like, Ooh, like this friend or this friend would be perfect to talk about with this or like this friend or this friend. That's who I want to go on a trip with or like whatever. And it's so fun to just have the variety. Why not? I also have a theory why me and you are like this with friends. I'm ready. Our number one trait, I think is we love learning. Mm-hmm. And you can't learn if your friends are an echo chamber of you. Yeah. And so we are so comfortable with having friends that have completely different views, completely different interests, show up differently. And we could cut them out for so many reasons. Yeah. I could have cut you out of my life for so many reasons and same vice versa. Because mm-hmm. you don't wear makeup. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and yet I'm like, Uh, My love of learning from people will always trump needing to like show up the same way and be exactly the same. Like I never want to be like that. I always want to learn. I truly think that you and me could literally go and sit in a group of like people who are members of the Ku Klux Klan (laughs) and and learn something. I mean, those are the worst people in the world. And I still think that we could go there and learn something from them. I think that's the beauty of like a, a trait that we both have. It takes confidence to be willing to be around people that are different than you and to not feel challenged and for for their different beliefs to make you feel wrong in your beliefs. And I think that is sort of the reason why people surround themselves with people similar to them because it validates their choices but when someone is different than you it has you confront and sometimes have to sit with some uncomfortable things and question what maybe your choices are yes and that's what we've been doing a bit or i've been doing with you which has been really nice not to give us both a big pat on the back but (laughs) we're the best i I think it's good i i really do but again you have to be the type of person that's prioritizing growth and learning and not everybody wants to do that and that's totally cool but it's it's literally like a hobby of ours like truly (laughs) you sit and think all day (laughs) i do (laughs) and i put myself in uncomfortable situations and you're hanging with the kkk (laughs) oh my god (laughs) cancel myself on every episode just a hypothetical they're like this is the trump's like 16th um kid that he doesn't know about like yeah. with all this shit i've been saying imagine 23 and me merry oh christmas God. let's see if trump was my dad <laughs> similar hair i saw a thing on instagram today that was um two best friends find out that they're biological sisters <laughs> okay and that circles back to incest <laughs> no <laughs> cut <laughs> two lovers we're actually fraternal twins (laughs) fuck off (laughs) okay twins have sex with each other ali has had enough this episode has come to an end thank you so much for tuning in okay wait no i had one more thing okay fine on this chameleon journey yes do you think i think this is a tough question for me and you because we have so many different friend groups do you think there's a friend group or friendship that you show up the best in like where do i feel like I'm the best version of myself. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I don't know if this counts. This might be a cop-out answer. Okay. I think it's with my family. Okay. I think that my mom, my dad, and my two brothers know me best. I genuinely think that they see me for who I am in the truest, most authentic version of me. Not just because they've known me for my whole life, but also because like, 
It's kind of like what we were saying before about rupture and repair. To me with my family, it's almost like that doesn't apply because like there is almost no repair because there is this fundamental understanding that we are glued together. It's not like the whole like blood is thicker than water thing. It's that we've all made this choice over and over and over and we tell each other this all the time and it's like we are all each other have and we are just like so so bonded to each other that like there is no repair because it's always repaired we have that agreement and i don't know if that makes sense but like that's how i feel about it and anyway so i just have always always felt so completely safe to just totally be who i am because i just know that they're not going anywhere and not even that they're not going anywhere but it's just like they're gonna love me. There's no point in being anything other than myself with them. Whereas I don't think I can say that across the board with all of my friendships. And ultimately that's like what's going to create the space to have a deep friendship is to be your most authentic version of yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? It it definitely does make sense. And I think that that's great that your family does it. I don't want to challenge that for a second, (laughs) but I'm just going to give a different point of view. Sure. I think that sometimes families go too hard on the no repair thing because everyone thinks that that they have the same feeling as you so everyone in the family just assumes that everyone knows it's always going to be repaired and we're and we're family so it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. and some people myself included need the repair to be outward more I completely agree. And the part that like, I obviously just gave a really quick version of that. The part that I left out is that my family has repaired a lot. We have ruptured a lot. We have repaired a lot. And there is like truly decades of the cycle of rupture and repair. And currently right now, it feels like we're all sitting in a place where there is no real repairing because we've just done it so well and so much. Um, but again, I don't think that that then locks you in forever. I think we're just in a, a nice, easy lull right now. But I completely agree that that's not to be taken for granted. And just because one member of the family feels that way doesn't mean everyone else does too. That's awesome. And we're going to talk about this more in another episode because we have so much to talk about. Definitely. Family. Definitely. Relationships. But but yeah, like, do you do you think that you have a friend or a friend group that you feel this way about? Okay, so... This might be controversial, but I'm going to say it. I have one friend group where I feel morally righteous, where I feel like all of my, I'm showing up. I don't know how to describe it, but like, I'm like the Jesus version of myself. I'm like the the, most enlightened. Yeah. I'm enlightened. I'm kind. I'm, I'm really, I'm I'm like, like with nature and I'm like the most I'm I love my dog the most I know that sounds weird I'm I'm trying to give an example of like like someone who's really pure pure down to earth grounded one with nature one with humans just loving kind and like and I love my heart grows in that friend group it really does and I do feel like the best human but there's a part of me that I can't deny that I have an edge. I have a dark sense of humor. I can be weird. I can be creepy. I can be controversial. Yeah, I can be controversial. I can hold opinions that aren't in line with being a really warm-hearted human. That's just who I am. Mm-hmm. It won't go away. I've tried to make it go away. It won't. I don't there's want that, it to. Yeah, there's a little part of me that's dark as fuck. It's not safe to for me to I think just put that away and never bring it out because Mm -hmm. it is me so 
I don't know. Can I just interject? Yeah. On the record and just be like, I think it's so incredible that you are a multifaceted, dynamic human being. And I really, really, really hope you never lose that. But but <laughs> here's where it gets tricky. Because I don't ever want to be in a friend group where the dark side is the, is the mm. mo- most side. And I've been in relationships like that. Well, that's exactly what i was just gonna say is i was like i i really do think that there isn't a problem here i think the whole beauty of friendships is that you can have as many as you want and it is so lovely to have different people and different groups that you can bring out different sides of you and like i was saying lean on different people at different times for different things and like that to me is the beauty of friendships and then just to fucking bring it back to relationships that's why I think I'm sitting here single right now is because I'm looking for the Swiss army knife of friends that will be my best friend and my life partner. And I don't know how you're supposed to package that all up into one person because currently I have like, I don't know, 50 people in my life satisfying that. And I'm trying to roll that all into one and be like, I'm going to marry you. I'm still looking ethical non-monogamy for you. (laughs) She would never honestly, if the math is mathing though, that's what it seems like. I'm just saying, I people do it and love it. Okay, I think I think we did this justice. I love it. Sorry that my um throat just interjected every like other minute. <laughs> We're gonna see what <laughs> how evil editing Chelsea is feeling and if I cut them out or if I leave them in. <laughs> it's not a burp. I left in all my weird noises, okay? This is getting old, maybe. You're gonna be okay. I'm like Stephen Hawking soon with that thing. Vote below if okay. you like a daytime recording or an evening recording. Where maybe it'll be fun to see if you can tell in the future which one it is. <laughs> I can do hard things. I can record in the morning. I love that. And I'm going to record at night and we're going to just compromise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. 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 <laughs>